At Alabama Power, we've been powering Birmingham for over 100 years. Since 1906, we've been reminded time and time again of what makes the Magic City so great. Our culture, our food, our music, and most importantly, our people, are why we remain dedicated to providing our customers and communities with reliable energy. And while we're certainly proud of everything the people of Birmingham and our state have been able to accomplish, we here at Alabama Power are even more excited about our shared future. Alabama Power, powering Alabama's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Raymond Jackson is the CEO of the Education Farm, Ed Farm, a nonprofit tech and education focused startup in Birmingham, Alabama. Ed Farm was founded in February of 2020 through a partnership with Apple and Alabama Power. Ed Farm's mission is to equip educators in schools and communities with innovative tools and teaching strategies that support active learning for all students. Under his leadership, Ed Farm has strengthened its partnership with the Birmingham City Schools through its teacher fellows, student fellows, and spaces programs, established a funded partnership with the city of Birmingham to train residents for careers in tech through Ed Farm's Pathways to Tech program and expanded the footprint of Ed Farm's K-12 programs to 10 school districts across four states. Jackson also led the successful effort to secure a $50 million commitment from Alabama, from Apple, $25 million, and Southern Company, another $25 million, to launch the Propel Center, a global headquarters for innovation and learning for all 101 historically black colleges and universities in the Atlanta University Center. Prior to joining Ed Farm, Jackson served as the Senior Vice President of Public Policy at the Birmingham Business Alliance. He is a graduate of the University of Alabama at Birmingham, a member of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, a 2014 Birmingham Business Journal Top 40 Under 40 and was recognized by Development Counselors International, DCI, and Jorgensen Consulting as a Top 40 Under 40 in Economic Development, 2019. He is married to Kimberly Jackson and they are parents to Leo and Kay. 
Look at him over there on the phone. <laughs> we live, look, right? Look, yeah. <laughs> look at you over there. I'm on the ready. phone. I'm the, nah, you ain't ready. I'm ready. You over there working. You was not, late. I promise you. You was late getting here. <laughs> I was, and now I was, you over there working. I was waiting on my call in, not working at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, Mr. Leandris Wayman Jackson. Junior. Junior. Yeah, and not a lot of people know that first name. <laughs> Tell me a joke. Tell you a joke. Yeah. Yeah. So this is um, trademark infringements uh, because this joke is anyone now who has uh, um, a, a kid. Uh-huh. And I've got an 11-year-old son. Uh, since third grade, he has come home probably every day when I pick him up, and <laughs> he has a joke. You know, so much so that that when my good friend Ava was like, "Hey, we we start every podcast with a joke," um, I was like, "I don't know any jokes." And I was like, "You know what? <laughs> Actually, I, I have plenty of jokes, <laughs> but they are not mine." And so I've been scrambling. <laughs> To try to find this joke, to remember the joke that he says, uh, that I'm always like, okay, thank you for the joke. So this is a joke per Leo Jackson, my son. Uh, proper, yeah. I can tell him now proper credit was given. Proper credit was given. <laughs> uh, and so Leo, of course, he's in this stage of now 11, you know, starting to draw the attention of, you know, of females. And, you know, he's he, he's got their attention and so he gets in the car and he's all, he says, Dad, I got a joke. He says, here it is. He says, um, if I had a penny for every time that you cross my mind, I'd be a rich man. I was like, that sounds like a pickup line and not a joke, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Like that. I was like, that may be a little forward for fifth grade, but are you trying to pick I up? Think that was a Mac, <laughs> I think that was a seriously Mac pickup yeah, line right like, there. Yeah, Kim he, and I like, that's a pickup line. That's he, not a joke. <laughs> he is definitely going to join y'all's fraternity yeah, with uh, that line. Absolutely. So, <laughs> you know, so I was trying to, I, what I was thinking about with my head was, I was like, you know, what do I want to start? So I will start with, you know, I'll, as you finished reading my bio, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, family's always first, so I was going to do a little thing, you know, Kim. Yeah, slow um, down. I got this. I know you do, but I was going to do no, my... I, I, I was going to do my... Da, da, I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you just brought, This is it came I, in here and it, took you, over. I'm not... You bought it in. You was like, are y'all fraternity? So I was going to do the yo new thing. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Do, do your do yo new thing. <laughs> But I gotta <laughs> tell my joke joke first, okay, you and you were you were going, you know <laughs> no, what I'm saying? I wasn't going I didn't there. I was, <laughs> it took me. I was almost about to jump in when you was reading the bio and be like, "For the brother." <laughs> <laughs> Who were the greenest presidents in U.S. history? I don't know. The Bushes. The Bushes. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Mr. <laughs> want to talk about the bros and want to talk about the family and all that kind of stuff. You can now is your time to take over. What yeah. was it Look, that you were trying to listen, say? Listen, your now? joke was about to take me back to a whole different time period. <laughs> that, that's why I chose it, of course. <laughs> Look here. Um, let's start with your 
mom and dad. Awesome. I want to know how they met. Okay. <laughs> and how that love story led to their junior being born. Okay. <laughs> um, I, I would expect nothing less. Uh, from a conversation sitting down uh, with you, Ivan, <laughs> than to have a question asked to me that has never been asked to me. Oh, but of course. In any interview, podcast, or any situation I've been in. Because um, they want to know something completely different. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But to know, to know me... Uh, is to know that I'm a fan of history. I'm a fan of family. Uh, and so I actually know that story. Uh, okay. And so it's, it's very interesting. Uh, you know, oftentimes I would ask my mom. Uh, so for many people, my dad passed when I was five. Okay. Uh, and so I grew up with this idea, idealistic uh, uh, appreciation uh, for, you know, for my dad and for my mom and, you know, what they had together. Uh, and the marriage that I saw uh, for the for the five for the uh, the five years that that I was here with him, and then the twelve years that they were actually married. Yeah. Uh, but cool story. Uh, when when I asked, she was like, "Well, uh, she was like, you know, we met uh, on on a bus trip, you know, and we've all you know done the the bus trip, you uh-huh. know, uh, with with the family, and more intentionally, you know, with." With the high school friends and such, yeah, and and the churches, yeah. So the typical church bus trip, if it's in the summer, is to where? Point Mallet. Or if it's out of state, if it's in Georgia, oh, it's, it's going to Six Flags. It's Six Flags. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's Six Flags. Yeah. So, <laughs> so they actually met uh, on a on a bus trip to Six Flags. Wow. <laughs> Um, and, uh, I think my mom at that point, you know, my mom was one, she was in the second class <clears throat> that integrated Ramsey high school. Oh, wow. Uh, and so she also attended, she also attended Ullman as well. So it's a really pretty unique, you know, history there. Indeed. Yeah. And then my dad was. My parents went to Ullman. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. that. Uh, and so my dad was, you know, my dad was Westfield. And so, you okay. know, he, he was Westfield Tiger. Uh, yeah. And so, uh, that's, they were on a trip together. Uh, and, and that's how they met. And wow. so <clears throat> he, um, uh, that, that to me, that's played a lot into, I think, my idea around, you know, family relationships and things yeah. like that. And then, you know, uh, what I tell Leo is like, you know, every, every trip has a possibility. Man, I got to talk to Leo, get you out of his head. <laughs> So um, keep going, keep going with that. Yeah. So, um, so you know, just just being here, uh, I think you know my family history here. My my dad, uh, his brother, uh, was actually Tony Jackson, and so he was. But I'm what part of town were they from? Oh, uh, so my dad grew up in Capstown. Okay. Uh, so, you know, for those that aren't familiar with that, you know, close to Wylam. Right. But grew up in Capstown. Uh, my mom and her family grew up in uh, uh, not necessarily Titusville, uh, but more so um, Goldwire. Yeah. Uh, that area over there. Yeah, that's so, still Titusville. Yeah, so Titusville. And, and, and so then they went, to, you said where they went to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, 
where you come along. Yeah, post post high school for the two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my dad started out as uh, as uh, in school uh, UAB. Okay. Uh, he uh, was was uh, dreaming of being an electrical engineer. Okay. Uh, decided not to do that. He started actually working in uh, in the plants. And yeah. So as an electrician. Okay. And so uh, he did that for a little while, and then did he ever work at U.S. Steel? Uh, not directly for U.S. Steel, okay. Uh, but he worked out uh, towards going down um, towards Pleasant Grove. He was actually undermined, like under underground. Oh, he was, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So my dad worked at U.S. Steel. Yes, That's the yeah, only reason I yeah, asked because yeah. I was gonna be like, Dad, you yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So that actually, so he when my my sister was born, who was three mm. years older than me, um, which is is exactly what changed him from actually working uh, underground as a miner, as mm-hmm. an electrician, mm-hmm. uh, because he decided coming home to that daughter, uh, he was like, I don't want to go back down there. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so he finished, uh, became a master electrician. Uh, he actually worked at um, Red Mountain uh, after okay. that, at Red Mountain um, uh, Museum. Yeah. Uh, up there on top as, as the, the, the head electrician Okay, uh, there. My mom... Uh, yeah, graduated from UA. Okay. Uh, she went to Jacksonville for a couple of years, and she went to UA. Okay. Uh, and she was down there shortly after, uh, authoring Lucy uh, and others. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so her time at Ramsey, which is really interesting, uh, she was, so Richard Walker, Dr. Richard Walker, mm-hmm. was in the first integrating class of Ramsey. Okay. And so she was a year behind him gotcha. with a few other folks gotcha. uh, in there as well. Uh, and so she went on, finished, um, uh, became first college grad in her family, uh, finished at UA, uh, and then uh, you know. I so came that's where your love of the of the tag came you know, from. It, it did. It actually did. Yeah. yeah grew, grew up an Alabama fan. Yeah. Uh, but you know, we also grew up fans of you know what was close close to us here, the HBCUs, Alabama State, Alabama A and M. Yeah. You know, uh, always, always at every you know classic, <laughs> and having that appreciation. Uh, now as well. Um, they met on a trip to Six Flags, mm-hmm. how did you and Kim meet? Uh, buses I want to yeah. I want to know the love story. <laughs> I want I want to see where these love stories yeah. intersect. Yeah, buses were involved. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> however, both of us were being bused from different communities uh, to W.J. Christian uh, Middle School. Wow. So I'm a year older, my seventh grade year, her sixth grade year. Uh, I met, uh, I saw Kimberly. Yeah. Uh, in the lunchroom line. You know, as a seventh grader, I had a little, you know, I was, I'm a year older now. And yeah. So she was coming in as a, um, as a sixth grader. Yeah, she was just a baby. Just a baby. <laughs> but you were a big seventh grader. A big seventh grader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, you know, I saw her, I was like, I like her. Yeah, and so from that point forward, um, you know, we became, you know, really close friends. Um, you know, I believe in the long game. So I was, I, I stayed, you know, I figured, you know, for, you know, next 10, 15 years, I was going to need some time. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that became my best friend, uh, especially on the, from a female, my best female friend. Uh, went to high school together, stayed friends. Uh, and then at a point, uh, I think right when I graduated uh, high school, uh, so my freshman year of college, uh, I stayed here. Okay. Uh, because I had a 
uh, a baseball scholarship to Jefferson State Community College. Okay. Uh, and because I was still here, uh, Kim and I had began to form a uh, a, a different yeah y'all was just yeah <laughs> what's up homie no more right. <laughs> uh, so that's that's actually when we you know started you know the idea of more of our you know romantic relationships so my freshman year in college her senior year in high school and since then it's it's that's that's been our story since then oh I feel so inspired it's, it's february i love it's, it's, it's february i love to hear the love stories <laughs> and that's the first time that i've ever asked someone about their parents ah, love okay. story isn't that the first time i thought so because i wanted to come a little different um no, i appreciate that uh, now fast forward um, I want to know, you know, a little soft lead up to what brought you, how you got to City Hall. Mm-hmm. And then I want to know about your experience there and how it shaped you, because that's when we met. That's absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, f- funny how you led it off with, you know, the story of the parents and then kind of leading into uh, the relationship with Kim and I. Um, I think, you know, she plays a central role. I think in um, where the question you next asked about uh, how do I get to City Hall? Yeah. And so um, when I talk about this idealistic view of like my dad from passing and all these different things, um, I mentioned the baseball piece, but I, I always wanted to be a professional baseball player. Like that was my really? thing. Really? Yeah, talented in the space, all those different things. What position did you play? Uh, outfield. Play okay. center field. And okay. so that was what, yeah, you know, some wheels on you, huh? Not enough of them, but yeah, I had some. <laughs> I had enough. <laughs> enough to get you to a certain point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then it gets, you know, levels off. So <laughs> It's levels to this. Yeah, it's levels to it. But you always got to have another plan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, and so that that was a part of, a part of my plan. Um but uh, the city hall piece is so cool because I thought I wanted to be also an electrical engineer. Okay. I, I wanted to to try to do this. I was like, you know, my dad didn't finish, you know, his engineering degree at UAB. Right. So when I left, I was like, you know, I'm going to finish this degree and couple that, you know, with the mom who was working in corporate America here. Uh, she worked at WVTM. Okay. Um, and so uh, she said, you need to have a professional degree. Get something that no one can take away from you. Mm. And so I was like, a professional degree. So I was like, I was like, I'm gonna get a degree. I was like, what's a professional degree? <laughs> right. <laughs> so I was like, doctor, lawyer, engineer, you need to have something. Don't just be generalist and do A, B, and C. Man, in high school, I knew, like, you know, just kind of when you start opening yourself up to like, what are you gifted in? What are you, what are you special at? For me, I said I wanted to teach history and I want to coach, you know, baseball. And I was like, if I had to do that, that's what I would do. Uh, and so my mom was like, you need to get a professional degree. And so I was like, what else is there out there? And I was like, okay, my dad didn't finish his electrical engineering degree, so I'll do that. So my journey in baseball um, took me to Jeff State where I had a full ride there. Junior college baseball is a really big thing. It's, you know, when I got, that was one of the eye-opening things for me, getting there. And I'm playing with folks that's already been drafted. They're like, yeah, I'm just trying to improve my draft stock. That's mm-hmm. why I'm here. And I'm trying to do this. I already got picked up here. So I spent two years, my first two years of college, you know, I'm, I'm knocking my books and stuff out. I was like, but I'm playing like really intense, you know, baseball like year round. Yeah. Um, And so from there, I ended up going to Bellhaven College in Jackson, Mississippi. 
Uh, I had a scholarship opportunity to go there. A coach at Birmingham Southern, they had been recruiting me here to be at Birmingham Southern, but okay. he left and went to Bellhaven in Jackson, Mississippi, which offered more money. So I ended up going there. Okay. So when I got there, I'm still doing this engineering thing, but they're like, you know, we're a liberal arts school. Uh, we don't have an engineering program, but you can take all of your electives, core courses, computer science stuff mm-hmm. that's involved. Right. Um, you know, e- everything like that. And then you'll do a dual degree and go to Mississippi State or somewhere else to finish it. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, you know, finished two years there, end up deci- didn't get drafted, and then decided I didn't want to take the independent league route, which I had an option to do. Mm-hmm. So I decided to come back here. Come home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate enough uh, to get a co-op with Alabama Power. Okay. Where I began working at Plant Miller Steam uh, at Miller Steam Plant. Yeah. Uh, and started my engineering classes. And so I spent two years at Miller Steam Plant, uh, going like on a semester, off a semester, on a semester, off a semester, taking classes at UAB, and then doing my co-op out at the plant. So we get to the end of my two years at the plant, and uh, there's this engineer who is over me, and he comes up to me in this voice. He says, co-op, he says, I've been doing this about 30 years. (laughs) He said, you don't want to do this, do you? (laughs) (laughs) And it was something that was so freeing about yeah. him telling me that. Yeah. And I pride my you know me. I pride myself on like I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna show up, I'm gonna do my do what I'm supposed to do and put up he's like, you don't wanna do this, do you? And I said, no. I said I, right. I, I said I really don't want to do this. He said, I would write your evaluation up within this company. You can do anything you want to within this company. He said, but you don't want to be an engineer. And I said I actually I don't want to be an engineer. So I left that day and I said, what is it that I like? What do I love? What do I want to do? And so I went to my advisor's office. Mind you, I'm like year seven in college now. So my scholar, I done took care of them on the scholarship side. I'm having to pay for this now. Yeah. So I'm like, I got to get out. And so I tell my mom, I said, I'm changing my major to history. She said, what are you going to do with a history degree? I said, I'm, I'm going to get a job. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> I said, but I'm going to finish. Mm-hmm. And so the, my advisor said, you know what? She said, you've got like all A's in every history class you've ever taken. She said, you only need five more history classes to finish. And so she said, you'll need a minor. And so she said, you've got, she said, you only need two psychology classes. I said, I'm going to major in history <laughs> and minor in psychology. <laughs> yeah. And I said, I'm going to be finished with this. And so uh, coincidentally, uh, it's not necessarily coincidentally. It's all all a part of God's plan. But uh, Kim and I were still dating. Uh-huh. And so I was visiting her at Trinity Baptist Church, which is not my home church. Okay. My, my godfather, whose family you are very familiar <laughs> with. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, is the pastor there, Reverend Johnny King uh, and, and his family. So uh, Roderick Royal, former city councilor Roderick Royal, approaches me one day in the parking lot, and he says, young man, he says, I've been watching you. And so I was like, okay. <laughs> he said, I've been watching you for the past year. He said, I know you're recently married. He said, I know that um, you carry yourself well. He said, I've got an opening coming up in my office. <clears throat> he said, the, the person who's running my office now uh, is leaving to take a job uh, with the United Negro College Fund, Walvid. Yeah. And we all, we all know Walvid. And he said, I, I want you to come uh, and talk to me about, you know, uh, running my office. So my, my first question to him was like, I was like, what do you do? I was like, what? <laughs> So if, if we if if everyone who knows you know former counselor counselor Royal 
you just you know the confidence and the assertiveness like you know that he operates with and he's basically like you know I want you to come do X and I like you and this and I'm like you hadn't told me anything right. about what you do who you right. are who are any you? of this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so I go at, at the same time I'm also working um, at CarMax while I'm finishing up school. Okay. So I sold cars at CarMax. Once I finished my my intern, once I finished my co-op, I started selling cars at CarMax. I always loved sales. I loved people. Ended up being really successful out there. Met a lot of folks in Birmingham who I was able to help uh, purchase vehicles either yeah. for themselves or for their kids, things like that. And so I show up to this interview with Roderick because <laughs> this was the summer. This was June, and Roderick had asked me to come. And so I was trying to finish a deal on a car. And so I'm in, you know, Hoover mm-hmm. working at CarMax. And at this point, you know, we could wear shorts, you know, tennis right. shoes. But it's nice khaki shorts and a yeah. nice white CarMax polo. But it's still not interview material. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot get home, <laughs> change, <laughs> and then get to his office in time. So I show up. Uh, to talk to Councilor Royal in his office at City Hall, third floor. Walvitt's in there. Roderick's in there. He's got somebody else in there. And I show up in tennis shoes, shorts, <laughs> and a polo shirt on. <laughs> and he's like, I was not expecting that. <laughs> but it, it, it went extremely, extremely well. And so he said, you know, I'm going to If do it. anyone knows Roderick Royal, it had to go good. For you to show up in shorts and oh, still yeah, yeah. get the job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know he's, you know, Roderick is, you know, great, great human being. But the form, you know, he's ex-military. <laughs> it's got, it's got to go a certain way. So he said, I'm gonna do a few things for you. He said, I want you to come run my office. Um, and he said, I'm gonna do a few things. He said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay you what you're worth. Mm. He said, <clears throat> he said, I'm not going to interfere. With you finishing school. He said, that's the most important thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I said, I'm not going to do anything that's going to interfere with me finishing school as well. So we are in complete agreements. So he allowed me the opportunity when I started working at the city and working for him. He said, finish, like, set your schedule up however you need to set it up. He's like, be here, do the work, but, you know, finish school. And then <clears throat> Walby King told me something that was probably the most profound thing that has helped me throughout my career. Walvid said, you know, use this. He said, you're going to have opportunity and access uh, in this role that you're in. He said, but use this job to get your next job. And he said, people are, people, he said, people in this community, they want information. They want access in a good way. He said that they are passionate about their community. They're passionate about what's going on and they want to be at the seat of what's happening in government. He said, you know, you're, he said, you're a gatekeeper of that information. Mm. And he said, be accessible to folks when they call, all those different things. He's like, don't get caught up, you know, in in the the you know, everything that you can get caught up in, mm-hmm. you know, at City Hall. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, but you're just, he said, you're just, you know, you're just a person here. And he said, and be really good at what it is that you do and bring to the table. That stuck with me from day one. And, you know, that's how I tried to operate while I was there. And then I met you. <laughs> <laughs> if I think I, I I don't live in regret. Yeah. Uh, I think that everything we do is um, a, a grand is a part of the grand scheme and a, a grand part of your grand purpose. But if you could go back in time, what age would you go back to, and what advice 
would you give yourself? Hmm. Mm. Now, that's a that's a good one because of how I have a similar, you know, space of operating. How I think that you operate, like you know, every step that you take uh, is is something that's you know ordained or allows you to be in a space of um, you know of pivoting, and it provides a learning opportunity mm-hmm. um, along the way. Um, if there was a an age that I could go back to and give myself advice on, uh, it may be at, I would say on the front, the, the ending piece of, of high school and being more intentional about, um, my, my path and my next steps as related to, you know, college, how I was, how I was positioning, um, sports within that, which was absolutely, you know, correct, but just the intentionality around, I think some other opportunities mm-hmm. that I probably could have taken, uh, like like during high school, my my sophomore, my my junior and senior year, mm-hmm. for exposure mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. to learn what I know now mm-hmm. and be exposed to it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through whether it was a program. Like I think our community, we have so much access to opportunities. So whether it would have been potentially being involved in something like inroads or having the knowledge. To, to let to tell my mom, hey, let me shadow you, you know, mm. to work um, yeah. for a day or so. And yeah. even others that were in my network that may have been working in prof- professional spaces mm-hmm. just to see some of the things that they were doing, uh, to know a little bit more about what was out there in the future uh, as far as like careers, opportunities and things like that. I, I, I personally think that that is, you know, one of the limiting factors uh, that affects uh, our community, and I would say our community, and I would say any underserved, you know, community. When you're in a space, when you are uh, being either raised or the people around you are first generation college, first generation corporate, things of that nature, oftentimes you don't know what all the other opportunities that are out there. Okay. Um, you read some things off of my bio that were around economic development, workforce development, all terms that you know, high school and even parts of college. No clue, no clue that you could create a career around uh, creating, you know, opportunities for training and workforce development for people uh, and serving them in that way. No clue what it meant to have a economic development project and mm-hmm. to be a project lead or a project manager, you know, on those types of things. You know, having that type of knowledge, even from a, a, a big corporate space of thinking about the opportunity that I had, which was a great opportunity uh, to work at Alabama Power. But, you know, I was my myopic in my thinking of round. I, I thought maybe everybody in this company is an engineer. Yeah. You know, and not even thinking about the piece of the governmental affairs side, yeah. not thinking about the public relations side. Yeah. Or that they've got, you know, economic development, workforce development, all those other areas. So it also could have potentially even been an opportunity for me at that point when I said, I don't want to I don't want to do engineering because I don't see myself being an engineer. But um, I want to pivot somewhere yeah, else. So I could have finished my engineering degree and had that. Yeah. But then still been somewhere within yeah. that company or ecosystem. Yeah. Um, like operating and doing what it is that I wanted, you know, to do. I did not finish my engineering degree because I couldn't do it. Right. I, I'm passionate. You I like just to be didn't know you could yeah. take that engineering yeah, yeah, yeah. degree and, and do, do something, something completely else. different. I was yeah. like, I don't want to do that job. Right. <laughs> and so, right. you know, being able to be in a space where I could, you know, tell myself, uh, get as much exposure 
and opportunity as possible at the mm-hmm. earliest of age when you're thinking about those things, I think is very, very important, uh, especially for our young people uh, in our community, because there's so much potential, you know, with the students uh, and the families, you know, that are here. But oftentimes we just don't have exposure and opportunity and access to it. I want you to answer two questions in one, right? First, I want you to think of what is Birmingham to you? What I want you to define Birmingham in your head and then answer this question. What makes you so Birmingham? I'm so Birmingham because... Yeah. <laughs> I used to step in high school step shows. And <laughs> that would make you Birmingham. <laughs> I'm so Birmingham <laughs> because the Magic City Classic is <laughs> that would make you Birmingham. You know, the, <laughs> uh, it's the, it's the culmination of a year of <laughs> um, yeah Birmingham. Uh, Birmingham for me, I grew up idolizing a Birmingham that was associated with with change. It was associated with a with, you know, I, my grandmother um, who lived on I think it's 14th Street, but you know her neighbor across the street was Calvin Haynes. Uh, two doors really? up, yeah. Two doors up was uh, y'all. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold your thought. This podcast is about Birmingham. <laughs> And somehow every name that needs to be brought up eventually is brought up. Oh, yeah. And y'all, Mr. Haynes used to drive around the neighborhood with a speaker system strapped to the top of his van. Go out and vote. Go out and vote. Today is election (laughs) day. And And the memories and the thoughts of Mr. Calvin Haynes just came rushing in. So thank Thank yeah, you for that. Absolutely. But please, yeah. finish, finish, yeah, I, finish. He's, he's an icon, a giant, you know, as a community, you know, servant. Uh, two doors up from that was Rev, uh, uh, Reverend Reverend Brent. The street behind us um, on the corner uh, was is, you know, Judge, Counselor Smitherman. Yeah. Uh, Senator Roger Smitherman. So I grew up, especially, you know, when I was at my grandparents' house over there, uh, with this idea of civic service and, you know, during the time of, you know, Mayor, Mayor Richard Arrington and, you know, community members, civic, neighborhood associations, when my grandmother would make me go to, you know, neighborhood association meeting at West West, West, West Center, Center Street. Street School. <laughs> Not Center Street, but West Center Street School. You know, you probably had maybe 20 folks in there or 30 <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then in West End, where, where I lived on 18th Place, uh, you know, Greater Shallows at the top of that. Um, two streets over on Mims at that point uh, was where Mayor Richard Arrington lived. Mm-hmm. My best friend lived across the street from him. So, you know, I grew up, you know, with the idea of a Birmingham and seeing, you know, Arrington Middle School be built. Right. You know, right. Uh, while while I was young, uh, this idea around change and Birmingham as a place, you know, that inspired you know, change, and it's about community, and it's about civic engagement, you know, and involvement, and the people are really what make, you know, Birmingham. So to me, you know, Birmingham is really about this movement of people, like people here create movements, and people here do those things that, you know, not only impact what's happened here, but what's also impacted communities, cities, 
nations and countries across the world. I think uh, the current mayor said it best uh, two weeks ago at his Kiwanis speech uh, when asked a question. He talked about Birmingham creating the template for change yeah. uh, in, in many places across the world. Hi, my name is Wayman Jackson, president of Ed Farm. At Ed Farm, we envision an inventive world where all people have access to the tools they need to fill or create the jobs of the future. Connect with us online at www.edfarm.org or send us an email at hello at edfarm.org. At Ed Farm, we grow digitally fluent learners. Now, aside from Ed Farm, what is your favorite charity? Oh, the Birmingham Education Foundation. Okay. Yeah, the Birmingham Education Foundation. Uh, it is uh, uh, under great leadership uh, with Ashley Samuels, uh, who's you know a former um, Birmingham City School student, uh, former Birmingham City School teacher. Um, yeah, she's a you know Ramsey grad. You know, which is a little. A little partial. To We're a little partial too. <laughs> uh, but you know, and, and and again, you know, that's been an organization that I have had the opportunity uh, to be involved with from its inception. You know, one of the things that I loved about my time at City Hall, and especially working with uh, with Councilor Royal, uh, was that you know he really allowed me to uh, get exposure and experience to things. And so when they were forming the Birmingham Education Foundation. Uh, and, you know, pulling all of these CEOs from these major companies uh, to be on the board and to set it up, they they placed a spot there for uh, the, the council person who was over uh, the education, education committee for the council. And so, you know, Council Royal said, he said, I said, he said, I got a full time job. He said, I said, they could they can put my name on the paper for it. He said, but, you know, you're the full time person in the office. I need you to go and show up to those meetings. And so. Uh, I got this opportunity, you know, at I started working from 26, so probably at 27 or 28, you know, to be sitting around a table uh, with individuals, you know, from regions out of Gary Crones from Alabama Power, um, you know, uh, Bill Horton and, and others, uh, Robert Kelly, other just these other dynamic leaders that were running organizations or running divisions and uh, be a thought partner, actually, you know, mm -hmm. listen first. But then, you know, and it was also filled with, you know, community leaders uh, as well. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Mr. Loader was one of the uh, uh, founding uh, members as well. And so, right. you know, being in a space where uh, at some point you at some point in your corporate role and you only you know what you know. And then you're also, you know, smart enough to know that 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 you don't know yeah. that there's probably somebody else around the table that might know you need to go get the expertise yeah and so you know for me it was about building value in what it was that i knew mm -hmm. you know from being a part of that system from being a part of the community mm -hmm. uh that at the appropriate time you know i could show that hey here's here's what my value is you know in that so it it it, it quickly transitioned from this space of them being like Hey, you know, we know that, you know, we put this position here for the council person. We'll keep it. So, but we actually want, want you, you on the to board. join the board. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I think that, you know, that's been an organization that I'm still a part of now um, that I, you know, completely, you know, I am all in 
uh, on its success and how it impacts Birmingham City School students uh, and the work that occurs just across the district and especially in support uh, of what um, of what of what Ashley uh, Dr. Moore uh, is actually doing now, and it's had you know good leadership in the past to get it stood up. Uh, J. W. Carpenter, who was there, did a phenomenal job. Uh, Michael Froning, uh, that was the um, um, uh, he's deceased now, but was the education uh, dean at UAB that came on to lead it um, uh, for an interim period. Uh, Fred McCallum, who was involved from AT and T, and then others. That's just an organization I think that uh, is is paramount, you know, to the success also that students and families have in Birmingham City Schools. Well, if you don't answer one of these questions, you get to make a donation. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But they're easy, all right? Regions Park or Rickwood Field? As much as I'm a purist and I played my high school games at Rickwood, uh, Regions Park. All right. Botanical Gardens or Railroad Park? Botanical Gardens. Protective Stadium or Legacy Arena? Is Legacy attached to the concert hall because I got a bad memory from Saturday from the concert hall from Alvin Ailey, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Protective Stadium. Crossplex or Legion Field? Oh, uh, Magic City Class. We got to go with Legion Field. <laughs> Birmingham Zoo or McWayne Science Center? Let's go with the Birmingham Zoo. Sloss Furnace or Vulcan Park? Vulcan Park because that's why I proposed to Kim. Oh, okay. <laughs> Birmingham Barons or Birmingham Squadron? Birmingham Barons. Baseball. Birmingham Legion or Birmingham Stallions? Birmingham Legion. Football. Football. <laughs> uh, Alabama State or A&M? Oh, that's tough. Hey, that's tough. yeah. That's tough. Um, in my young doll voice, Bama State. All right, all right. Android or iPhone? Because they paid me. iPhone. (laughs) That is not hard. That is not hard. What's your zodiac sign, man? I'm an Aquarius. Now, what does I don't know what those. What does that mean? I don't know. I find out something new every year. (laughs) You like me? I'm a Capricorn. People like, oh, you such a Capricorn. I'm like, am I? I find out something new every year. It's a water sign. Um, I would say that there's a lot of fluidity with Aquarius. Uh, we like options, you know, fun, being uh, late, yeah, not on time. yeah, absolutely. Like it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. You see what I'm saying? I had to, I had I knew, to throw I, that jab. I, I knew now. you were gonna get that. <laughs> Look, man. Um, like I told you, part one is you know about what you. Part two is about what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, through your leadership and through Randall's leadership, um, we are focused on our schools and talking about our schools and talking about education in a way that we haven't before. And, you know, of course, we we know that that's a good thing. I can inspire people to go and work with kids um, and 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 volunteer to read, 
But, man, what you guys are doing is on a whole different scale. You're engaging kids through STEM and other ways and teaching our children in ways that we, you know, have never thought of or imagined. So I say I, I say it in those two ways because, number one, tell us what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, make us understand Dead Farm um, and then tell us how we can get behind you. What kind of things do the commun- does the community need to do to help you help our children? Yeah, I truly appreciate uh, the the way that you uh, so eloquently stated that uh, in terms of um, the focus uh, of the work the work that we're all doing uh, in service of students and the service of kids uh, and their families. Uh, and so that is extremely important. Uh, I will say that, you know, just in a, a, a quick piece that, you know, Mayor Woodfin, uh, when I, I, the people that I got a chance to meet at city hall mm-hmm. uh, has, has been something that's been amazing and, and meeting, you know, Randall when he was uh, clerking with the law department at the city uh, what he had on his mind, even at that point, when you know, I'm certain that I was 28, and I'm you know 44 now, and he's a year younger, was focused on education, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, you know, seeing that transition, you know, from uh, whether it's both of us, him, and, and others that's been in our, our ecosystem, of that still being continuous right now, uh, it is very genuine. Uh, it is right. absolutely not something that is, you know, it's not happenstance at all. Uh, Ed Farm, man, we get this amazing opportunity to really have students like dream beyond, you know, what it is that they currently see themselves doing and utilizing technology you know, to actually be able to do that. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a simple space, uh, think about us as, you know, we're starting to operate with this term that, hey, we grow digitally fluent learners. And just thinking about where technology is today, where society is today, if you are not like digitally fluent, digitally skilled, uh, you will not be able to operate in the current work, the future of work, or in in any space that you're in. I'm going to be honest. I can't fathom where you are now. But I I remember almost 10 years ago now that the conversation was coding is like math and science Mm -hmm. and English. and, Mm -hmm. And so I just... I wanted to throw that analogy out there for mm-hmm. people my age to be like, you got to remember, coding was mm-hmm. then. Mm-hmm. You guys are down mm-hmm. a whole different road. Man. Yeah, and and it's involving coding. Like, and so where I would say, you know, th- to the point where you were talking about, like, the steps in your life being ordained and everything has a purpose, uh, the fact that I didn't finish my engineering degree but took computer science classes at that point, right. you know, 2000, 2003, and look where we are now. I have, you know, an understanding and a basis of that. And and one of the things that I've heard people say the most about it being a language, like, you know, computer science, these different languages, mm-hmm. uh, that is true. I mean, it is like, it's a language that you speak. And so what we're focused on and the work that we're doing uh, is, is not that every student everywhere or every person is going to end up 
being a computer science developer. Mm -hmm. But if you think about at one point, and especially here in Birmingham, with our um, our steel uh, capacity and ability that we had, uh, it was okay to graduate from high school, or it was okay to not graduate from high school and have that GED mm-hmm. and be able to go mm-hmm. to U.S. Steel, TCI, a SIPCO, a SIPICO. Uh, <laughs> and, and and pay you a, a wage yep. that you could raise a family And on. you could walk out of high school without any formal training and be able to go in there and get that job. Yeah. Uh, and because it was really, it was manual, it was intensive, and you can do that. Uh, that time is gone. That time has changed. And so when you think about even the industries that surround us throughout the state from a manufacturing perspective, when you think about Hyundai, Mercedes, and others, uh, the what what they're using to, mm. to build those cars and on those assembly lines are computers. They're not elbow grease. It's not. It's robots. Yeah. It's arms. And you have to be able to understand, you know, how do I use digital logic to program this arm to do X? And then all of the companies that especially that make up what we're doing here in Birmingham, our current uh, economic makeup of the, the, the companies that we have here, and then this idea around um, the future, you know, the economic development piece that comes into this and where Airform kind of fits in this is like, wh- what is, what's the city, the technology-focused forward city that we want to be? What jobs do we want to attract? In order to attract those jobs, if they're high in STEM, if they, you know, have roles that are associated with, even with sales, um, people still need to be able to understand, mm. like, what's going on behind the scenes at a tech company even if they're in a forward-facing calls or sales role. And so this idea around digital fluency and digital literacy is really just that how do we create an advantage for the students that are in underserved areas? And underserved areas, you know, when you think about that being underserved urban areas or underserved rural areas, it's like where where do we have people who don't have connectivity, who don't have access to the curriculum, to the teaching and to the training that's going to get them in a position to our vision is creating this inventive world where all people have access to the tools they need to fill or create the jobs of the future. I um we we talk about and you know I ain't the dumbest guy, you know what I'm saying? At all. Yeah. But I never but I never thought of it the way you just explained it and that is you know, we talk about transferring to different economies or or whatnot. And so, like, one, we need to wean ourselves off of fossil fuels and move to green energy or, you know, whatever the case may be. What you guys are, when we talk about moving away from a manufacturing or moving away from a, a, a society of plants mm-hmm. and stuff like that, this is what, we talk about when we're saying educating our kids differently. Mm-hmm. I get that. It just kind of yeah. dawned on me. It's like, okay, we're at the change of industry right now. Mm-hmm. And what it is that you guys do is come into our schools and say, okay, on on top of these skills that are basic, instead of going in this direction, which would take you to a, a a steel plant. Let's go in this direction to show you how to work in a car 
manufacturing mm-hmm. facility or something. Yeah, and even and even with it's a different way of thinking. Absolutely. And yeah. Even, and even with the steel plants as they're being retrofitted or automated, to a new. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to 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 uh, to to have those jobs. We need to be able yes. to have the skill set and the capacity to be the ones that's not impacted by the automation. So when automation happens, like we're right in there. Our students are able to say, well, yeah, I know how so that, to do that. That makes me then, feel better. I don't understand their homework because you're <laughs> teaching them differently. It's not me. <laughs> now, now let me say, there's a new way that they do math that I don't Man, understand. Man, it's like... When are we going to carry the one? Yep. <laughs> and I've got, I've had some specific instructions that Leo has given me uh, that was like, you know, my teacher said, uh, I can't do my math the way you told me to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and Kim, I was like, but this is right. <laughs> like, this, this actually works. He's like, she's like, I got to do but it But it's way. about changing our ways of thinking. Yeah. I get it. So what's going on? Like, you've given us an overview. Mm-hmm. What's going on right now? What are you guys doing right now to impact our kids? We, you know, we know that the re- reading is a big issue. We know that uh, uh, attendance is a big issue. Send your kids to school. Absolutely. And, um, but, you know, what yeah. what are you guys yeah. working on right now that's exciting that you can tell us about? Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to try to hit all these. And I love the point that you said about sending your kids to school. Those kids have to want to come to school. And so when you start meeting kids where they are to give them a reason to to come to school, parents have to do their part. Yeah. But the excitement and the enthusiasm is, are, is in those students. And mm-hmm. I think some of the things that we're doing and other organizations that are on the front end of using technology and being really creative and it's really dope teachers in Birmingham City Schools and other school systems that are trying to be on the front end of of why does a student actually want to be in that classroom? Yeah. That and that classroom has not changed probably in like, you know, 60 to 100 years. Like we still right. are operating with a classroom model that kind of looks the same. So one of the things that we're directly doing is like we reimagine what classroom spaces, what classrooms, media libraries and computer science centers and stuff look like. We go into um, we've got we've been able to partner with Birmingham City Schools uh, as well as some other schools across the state and create learning environments, change these spaces so that a student shows up and it is, you know, technology that they are wanting to learn about. It is a podcast set up like this inside of, you know, in Birmingham City, inside of Southampton Elementary, inside of uh, Bush Hill Steam Academy. I forgot. Inside of Green Acres. Hold on. I, I didn't get a chance to watch it all. But I saw y'all kids interviewing the mayor on your podcast. They coming for my job, man. (laughs) (laughs) It was good. They did a great podcast with the mayor. I'm sorry. They're coming for your mentorship. (laughs) And I think it's a man. It's when I and I I thought about it. I was like, it's an excellent opportunity, like to like to bring this, like that level of expertise that you all put into this, and showing them, you know, how to do it. Right now, we're running. uh, it's called it's our I, I challenge 
uh, my voice, my voice challenge with all these different schools. Mm-hmm. And that's the podcast that you saw them do, you know, with Merrill Woodfin and they've invited other community leaders, you know, in. And so they're hosting these community centered, you know, podcasts. Yeah. And so like when you go into these spaces now in these schools that we've been fortunate to work with and BCS has been great uh, with this in partnership with us, but they, they, one of them, Bush Hill Steam Academy has an esports, you know, place inside of it. So now these students are getting an opportunity to do esports while they're at school. It engages them. Yeah. It gives them a reason, you know, to want to show up and be there. They're getting uh to do this. They're getting to learn AI. They're getting to code. They're getting we we have uh we met this this guy out of Atlanta uh and he actually teaches coding. He built this uh turntable that teaches code. He's a former DJ. And so he's had it's called it's called um, uh, uh, think think live, and so he built this Howard Howard grad, but DJ scene, MIT, but he built a coding. Uh, demonstration off of DJing. And so we have one at our headquarters and we have some in some of these spaces at Birmingham City Schools. So kids that are attracted to music and all these different things, they're getting to learn digital skills and coding by DJing. And so it's bringing that type of enthusiasm and excitement into a classroom space. And then on the other side of that is that we are providing the educators in that building mm-hmm. with the professional development and upskilling and training that they say that they want. You know, so we run a cohort with teachers across, you know, the district that lasts a year and anything that's like digital skill focused, um, uh, how they become more, you know, dope on their Macs, iPads and things like that. So they can infuse that into their curriculum with those students. Again, meeting those students, you know, where they are. So Mm -hmm. they're learning to do that. And then they're infusing it, you know, with the students as well. Uh, One of the things that, you know, sits really close and near and dear to my heart uh, with the workforce background is what we're actually partnering with on the adult learning side. And so uh, about six times a year, we run a cohort where any citizen in the community in Birmingham, we, we have to have capacity. We get you know, it's capacity issues, but about right. up to about thirty, um, they can come do at no cost with us about a ten week training program. Now hold on, because I don't want um, I don't want to gloss over that because that that's something that I missed. I'm I did not know that Ed Farm works with adults. Absolutely, yeah. and. I want. I just really want people to think about where they are professionally, and 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 how they. How are you going to grow, or are you going to grow? This may be an opportunity to grow into a different field, into a more competitive field, into a higher paying field. So th- I just I just wanted to like hold on. Let's talk about what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah. And please go ahead. Yeah, Thanks. you're absolutely right. When we first had this idea of Ed Farm, and I will give a shout out to our board chair and founder, <coughs> uh, whose name is Anthony Oni at the time. Uh, it was, he was at Alabama Power. Uh, and so we took this trip to Chicago to meet with Apple. Uh, it was 2017. Uh, Mayor Woodfin was involved, heavily involved. Greg Jones, lobbyist that was uh, that's here. Several other folks uh, involved. Myself, Dion Gordon, the Tech Birmingham, uh, folks from UAB, Alabama Power as well. Uh, we all went and sat through um, a conversation with Apple in Chicago, and they were just saying that, hey, you know, uh, CEO Tim Cook, of course, is from Alabama, but he's really big on uh, everyone being able to code. 
And so they were running a program there called Chicago Can Code. So we got a chance to look and see what they were doing. The first thing that they told us when we sat down to talk with them, they said, that, hey, it took the leaders in Chicago two years to get to this table. They said it took your mayor your city two months. They said we commend y'all for, for that. So the level of cohesiveness I think that we're operating in in Birmingham is a strength, uh, and there's been a lot of benefits from that since then. When we looked at this, they were talking about coding. My workforce brain was just going into, well, you're saying coding teaches this competence for critical thinking, problem solving. I was like, that's the same thing that I've been hearing in my role at the BBA at the time from the manufacturers, from uh, the financial companies, is that mm. these are the same competencies that they want from any employee right. that's going into a job that they're doing. So when you think of AFARM, think of it as this holistic approach yeah. to workforce development. So we're addressing it at the school level, through the educators, through the students, and then also through uh, our adult learners. Oftentimes, you get a you know a one shot approach uh, because you're you're really being driven you know by the demand of industry to say, hey, right now we've got twenty openings or we've got fifty openings and we need to get we need to get these filled. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, but what we decided to do was, hey, we've got an opportunity with a great partner uh, in Apple uh, who provided the seed funding uh, and have has still been on board to continue to help us with that. Um, to do something that's really different and to solve an actual community need. And so when you start thinking about these adults that were actually being getting to train and get access and exposure to digital skills, what else do they need around them? So we're able to provide uh, participants with stipends because that tends to be an issue. How can I, you know, not how can I work, you know, two, three part-time jobs and then also you know, go get trained to do something different. Right, further my education. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, it's, you know, we've got it where it's hybrid. We provide you with the devices. Uh, there are stipends that are provided as far as for transportation or, you know, just to help you, you know, maybe step away from something so that you can actually complete this right. and do. We've had some great corporate partners here uh, in terms of the support that Shipped has been able to provide. Again, Alabama Power, uh, Fetch. Uh, some others now truest, but there's the success that's starting to come from that is that you know again I go back to what I said at the beginning. Everyone is not going to be a developer or a computer science person, but right. there are roles within these tech companies that we have here, or within these companies that we're recruiting, where someone may move from, not may move. People are moving from. Um, on the front end of entry-level call service center mm -hmm. to now that they've gone through this, then I'm going to move into an analyst role because mm -hmm. I've got some training and stuff behind me, or I'm going to move into a product management role or a product lead role or something like that. All roles that maybe we had no idea existed. So we're, we're kind of providing All that. because Ed Farm knows that the competencies – that's needed, yeah. Are the same. And so you're being trained on these competencies. Yep. And it's and transferable then, skills. Like yeah. these skills should transfer from one role to the next. And, you know, we make it engaging. You're solving problems. You're working with a team yeah. on things like that. All of the skills that you typically need to work in any type of, you know, work environment, whether that work environment is fully virtual or whether that's in an office uh, somewhere. So uh, that that's uh, those direct things, you know, Training, upskilling adult workers, equipping them with the skills that they need, equipping learners with those things uh, to help them uh, gain economic mobility uh, mm -hmm. in the current roles that they're in, the current place they're in, or enter that you know work market. The city of Birmingham, Office of Economic Development, has been a huge partner uh, in that as well. Mm -hmm. 
students, meeting those students in K-12 spaces where they are, uh, providing them with engaging, challenge-based learning opportunities uh, where they're learning and building apps. We've had students across our entire footprint uh, at this point over the past three years to, to create about 2,500 apps. So think about that. We've got students who are going through middle school programming with us. That's in Birmingham City Schools, Montgomery, other places across the state, in Atlanta, Doherty County, and some schools in South Carolina, North Carolina that are building apps in middle school and they're fully functional. And so the skill set that this gives these students and what is inspiring, the creativity that is inspired, because these kids have amazing ideas. Yeah. They just need an outlet to be able to put this somewhere. Yeah, but forget them kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back to the back to the workforce development. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, don't, don't no kids watch my podcast. I believe the children <laughs> are the future. Kids, um, how can people get in touch with Ed Farm to find out, you know, about these uh, workforce Absolutely. development power yeah. programs and how they, you know, we know they can engage through the schools, but how can adults and young adults who yeah. want to engage get involved? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 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 edfarm.org, uh, the Pathways to Tech program is what we call how we focus on adult learners. We're also backing that program uh, down into at the high school level. So you've got mm -hmm. a full piece of students coming out and then, you know, going into the adult workforce. But it's called Pathways to Tech, and it's exactly that. We're trying to create pathways to technology-focused roles and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the other side of that is uh, email hello. Hello at edfarm.org. Mm -hmm. uh, submit the information in. You're able to find out and see things like that. Following us on Instagram, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, because we're putting out those applications for uh, our next cohort of adult learners that will be able to come in. I think the testimonials that people can get from the people that are currently in our program right now, they will be blown away by some of these people who are working you know, at companies and stuff in Birmingham or who hadn't been working in Birmingham but who are now like fully employed and their trajectory of their career is on a completely different level mm -hmm. because they took the time over a 10 week period, you know, to engage with us two nights a week, Tuesday and Thursday, uh, for an hour and a half to two hours, you know, at our headquarters or some of it's virtual, uh, and learn just basic digital skills, like being able to put their ideas, you know, to test. It's been really cool to see uh, even some small business owners and people who typically have ideas about how they would want to uh, in involve technology in what they're currently doing, uh, further that what they're doing with their own business by mm -hmm. going through you know our program and they come up with a mock app afterwards you know that we can kind of help coach them on and see if there's actually viability you know for this thing to actually exist you know in the market. Before I, before you get out of here, you got to. We're there. We're not there yet, but we're there. I know the conversations are being had. How is AI going to impact Ed Farm and what you guys are doing? What are your thoughts on AI? Yeah, we're embracing it and want to lead in that space. And so it's not something to be afraid of. Uh, we're putting out information on mm -hmm. here's how you responsibly you know, use AI. And then the other part about this entire thing being focused on learners and, you know, even thinking about the adults as as the learners, we, we want to create a space where we are driving that technology. We're the ones that's creating 
how this technology is used yeah. responsibly, how we show up in that technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's the space that we're operating in. It's like we want to create more people with the foundations and the background and skill set that they can be the ones that kind of own it, you know, and they can be the ones that determine if I, if I want to work in this space in AI and tech, I've got the skill set to actually do that. Yeah. Any shout outs, man? You got any, <laughs> any, any shout outs you want to give? Listen, um, I think I, we've been shouting out. Shout out to the support, um, you know, that I have as a as a leader, as a as a uh, father and husband, my wife Kimberly, uh, to our, our partners uh, that that I mentioned earlier, uh, uh, Apple, uh, Alabama Power, uh, initial support from the Alabama Power Foundation, uh, Birmingham City Schools. Uh, it's just been amazing to to partner with them. They're doing amazing work. Uh, Huge shout out to yeah. uh, Superintendent Mark Sullivan yeah. and the entire board. Here again, I'm a huge fan. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge fan yeah. of all of you in our educational spaces right yeah. now. I know you know, I, I give y'all a hard time, and but it's, you know, you know me. Yeah, it's, it's just motivation, it's, man. It's, it's worth just, it. It's, it's, it's T.I. It's motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then I think most importantly, man, we have, I have an amazing team uh, that works with us. Uh, former educators, uh, technologists, just people who are really good at what it is that they do. And so I think we would not be in a position or place uh, to do what it is that we're doing without, you know, the help and support that that team provides, as well as, you know, what it is, the structure and the resources that are provided uh, by our board, our board director. So, um, yeah, that's it. I just think it needs to be pointed out that everybody that you named, I brought together is still on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> Now look at yeah, you guys. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Man, that, I missed that pizza. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I want to thank um, my dear, dear friend. Um, from the time I met you, I said you' gonna be great. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I didn't get it. I know you. I didn't get a chance mm. to talk about. But but meeting you when I during my time at City Hall, you know, that was one of the refreshing moments and faces and people from a personality perspective. And then, you know, just the uh, your ability to offer help and guidance, um, it was was paramount. Uh, and so I've always uh, appreciated you for that and the role that you were in and then the spaces and things that you had seen before that, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. you know, that offers often. And, and, you know, now like I'm in that space. And so it's great to look and see, you know, other really, you know, cool talent that's at the table that's younger. And then how do you offer them that same, you know, um, benefit of guidance? Um, that's that, that is all I need to hear. <laughs> no, for real. And, and one day they're going to say, that they motivate others mm-hmm. because of the motivation you gave them. Yeah. They're going to give chances because, um, you know, we have one of two ways to operate. Either I can um, hoard mm-hmm. relationships, information, resources. Mm-hmm. I can keep it all to myself because I think mm-hmm. that's where my power is. Mm-hmm. Or I can teach everyone. And then you watch 
just those little seeds, that little inspiration. It's like, man, when I look at you, when I look at Anthony, Mm -hmm. when I look at Dion, Randall, it's like, yeah, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's that's what I'm talking about. And I'm just I'm so incredibly proud of you. I'm so happy happy for you and your family. And I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that with your leadership, by your leadership, through your leadership, Ed Farm is making a huge, not just a difference, but a huge difference in the trajectory of our students in Birmingham. I want to thank you all for listening. And as always, a huge shout out to Creed 63 and UrbanHam.com. God bless. Hi, it's Iva the host of Intravenous, and I would like to encourage my friends and listeners to volunteer in your local schools. In particular, reading is very important. So to sign up for our students in Birmingham, go to the bhamcityschools.org website, navigate to the volunteer drop-down tab on the right, and sign up today.